You're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Mottier, and I'm here today with Paul Fifield, CEO and co-founder of the Sales Impact Academy. How are you today, Paul? Good, right, good. Yeah, how, how are you doing? I'm great, great, great. In fact, I've been looking forward to doing that podcast with you. We've been chasing you down. We think <laughs> you come up with something fantastic, really envious of what you've built. And today we will be speaking about something that is, of, of course, related to the, the Sales Impact Academy, why we need to take sales education seriously. Okay. But before we go into the topic and the conversation, Paul, can you please give us a little bit of background about yourself and most importantly, explain to us the mission that you yeah. are on, the Sales Impact Academy, because again, this is, this is I believe. Yeah, happy to. So yeah, great, great to be here. So my, my background is, I guess I've been a sort of entrepreneur building companies for the last sort of 20 odd years. I guess in, in the first 10 years, I, I did it really badly. <laughs> and then the second 10 years, I, I kind of did it all right. And the second 10, I, 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 let's focus on the second 10. <laughs> and so I, you know, I, I, I co-founded a company in, in New York, a SaaS company called Seros back in 2011. You know, we, we raised some venture capital from uh, Greycroft, which is a you know, tier one VC in, in New York, and, and built a SaaS company called, uh, called Seros. That did really well. I put all the kind of sales infrastructure in. Um, it was really my first job as a sort of revenue leader. But I have to say it was pretty scary because, you know, I didn't, I'd never taken a sort of revenue leadership role in a tech company before. We just raised from, you know, a pretty big, big name VC. And everyone kept talking about like, hey, just go and build like a repeatable, scalable like revenue function, right? And I'm like, okay, sure. I'll go and build a repeatable, scalable revenue function. Like, sounds easy. Obviously, I wasn't thinking it sounds easy. It sounds frightening. And it was really, really hard. Anyway, I found this book, uh, Predictable Revenue. Long story short, I read the book. It was amazing. I, I emailed the authors. I offered them a job. They both said no. But they said, look, we're happy to kind of help you out. So what was great is the sort of seminal book in how you structure a modern, you know, complex revenue function with the SDR and then the AE and then the CSM. Uh, really, it was really born or became came to fame off the back of that book. And so what was great is I ended up being taught and schooled, if you like, by the two people that led that whole revolution. And then I came back to the UK. Uh, oh, that business, by the way, that actually had an exit on that just six months ago. A private equity firm bought um, just over half the business for $100 million, which is great. Not not one of these multi-billion dollar exits that we read about all the time, but still, you know, it was, it was nice, to, nice to chalk up an exit. And it's still going very, very well as a, as, a, as a business. I came back in 2015, joined a student company called Unidays, and we scaled that. That went wild. But I'll tell you what happened. The guy Josh was running it didn't, wasn't even looking for a CRO at the time. I kind of got introduced to him. And I said to him, look, dude, you've got such an amazing business model. If I just build this repeatable, scalable, like revenue, like process and function, I think this is going to go off like a rocket ship. And he sort of, I badgered him and badgered him and badgered him. And finally he relented and said, all right, come and be a CRO. And it was wild. And we went from like two to $40 million in like three years. I built a hundred person commercial team in four different countries. Um, and it was just a crazy, crazy ride. I learned a huge amount in that journey. Um, and we built a 350 person company. We didn't take any external, external finance either. Uh, and that was a wild ride. 
But the thing is, in, in, in really across both those companies, what was incredibly, incredibly hard uh, and actually made my job in the main quite miserable, <laughs> if I'm to be absolutely honest, was the fact that I didn't really know what I was doing. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd got schooled by Mary Lou and Aaron at Predictable Revenue. That was great. But I still, that was just the top of funnel stuff. That was really about SDRs. I really had no end-to-end understanding of what you need to know to be a modern revenue leader. And, and having to deliver two, 300% year-on-year growth as a revenue leader with venture capital pressure and learn on the job at the same time, it was absolutely brutal, uh, absolutely brutal. Um, and when I left Uni Days in 2018, I was absolutely exhausted. Um, two pretty good successes under my belt, but I was just, just, just very tired. And I started doing some voluntary teaching. And I did some teaching for the Mayor's International Business Programme, and I did some teaching for PwC. And that, that is when I realised that there are these absolutely vast, huge gaps in knowledge and understanding of how you do B2B sales and, 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 and B2B marketing. And it was at that point I was like, I really want to do something to help. And that's the Sales Impact Academy. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, and look, so that's, that's the thing. What you do and, and, and the concept. So the, the concept is about helping to, to bridge the gap in B2B sales. But how do you go about it? What, what, what is it in there? Why do people should, why would a junior salesperson or a confirmed salesperson or a sales leader get their mm. team, get themselves onto your platform and start, start mm. the learning journey with you? Well, okay, before I kind of perhaps go into how we deliver this, I think what I, what I started realizing through this kind of voluntary teaching and what I now really fundamentally understand, and I don't think many people think about this problem in quite this way, and I think they should, which is this. If you think about it, right, every major profession in the world, if you think about accountant, accountancy, or you think about law, or you think about medicine, there is hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars have gone into the educational infrastructure of those professions at university, like post-university, specialist schools like medical school. And then also, once you're beyond that, once you're in work, significant in infrastructure in things like continuous professional development, if you're in finance, you have to take a bunch of exams every year and study to continue to work in finance, right? So you've got this massive infrastructure in these like mega professional of the world until you get to sales. <laughs> and it's not like, oh, it's just underserved, it's a bit rubbish. It just doesn't exist. And what blows my mind is you've got 200, like, according to LinkedIn, you know, as you've probably seen on our website, 60 odd million people in sales. But then if you add, you know, customer success, if you add B2B marketing, modern B2B marketing, you add RevOps, you're probably talking, Ray, about like 250 odd million uneducated people trying to work it out as they go along. And that is mind-blowingly crazy and insane and needs to be sorted out, needs to be fixed. And, 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 and that's, I completely agree with you. I think, I think there is a, a real importance in bridging the gap in knowledge. I think what's got to happen, there is no way it cannot happen with more and more vendors. So you go, you go, you look at big data, you look at, uh, You look at uh, cybersecurity, you look at uh, MarkTech, you know, mm. MarkTech is a good one. 10 years ago, you probably had like a, a very small percentage of the volume of companies who are in the MarkTech space now. Uh, the competition is very, 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 very big. 
Mm-hmm. And, and and I guess what it means, the, the correlation on that is that you've got you've got more people requiring salespeople. Okay. However, there is no conveyor belt such as a university to your point or a school or whatever that is creating the salespeople. And in fact, we know it because we recruit salespeople at the beginning of their career. And, and yeah. we recruit people for who they are, not what they've done, because what yeah. they've done is irrelevant. I was working in a cocktail bar, yeah. before getting, like the song, <laughs> before getting... <laughs> uh, my, my SVP Worldwide Sales, who is also the, the, the co-host of the, of the podcast here, uh, was selling artificial grass. Right. Wonderful things, right? Yeah. And so there is no real background sometimes that is required in sales. I think it's really about what you learn on the job. And I think it's interesting what you are saying because there is always that, that company, the company that said, well, those guys, those salespeople, there is also a conveyor belt in the life cycle of a salesperson. So I think you're a junior sales guy. So you're on the phone, then you want to get on the field. When you get on the field, you actually get decent money. Mm. You probably get paid not far off uh, an engineer or lawyer or doctor, mm. depending on what sort of doctor you are. If you're a plastic surgeon in, in Miami, you probably get a lot of money. But you know, if you're a plastic surgeon in Blackpool, you <laughs> but, um, but uh, the, the, the point here is that you, 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 you look at those people who can really reach very high level of earning. And then you had the stock option on top of that. And you had yeah. all the things. This is how people are desperate for good salespeople. You know, yeah. the, the salary keep on raising because finding good salespeople is actually finding the middle of the stack. Uh, uh, and then when they make so much money, they're gone. Yeah. They want to yeah. become an investor. They go yeah. in PEs. They go and do some other stuff. And, and like you said, they're kind of, you know, they burn the candle at both ends because yeah. it's, it's tough. So... Because that's not only you've got all that demand, but it's also kind of a caterpillar becoming a butterfly and then the butterfly becomes yeah. something else. Yeah. You're like, oh, you need to regenerate that all the time. And, and, and here's the thing, and it, it happens on every single level, right? I mean, good, goodness knows how many, let's, let's just talk about B2B SaaS companies. I, I don't know, I, I guess there must be what, I don't know, globally right now, 50,000, maybe 100,000 SaaS companies. I would, I would again, and then this is just wildly plucking numbers out of the air, there's probably maybe 5,000, maybe 5,000 really amazing, brilliant CROs that you could like, you could go, you know what, that CRO is, is, is like, you know, incredible. They know exactly what to do. They've got playbooks that can be dynamic to the company and not just one playbook for like they take around with them. Maybe 5,000, and that's probably like, going, that's probably too big a number. And there are 50,000 or 100,000 like companies that, that are trying to look for these 5,000. 5, there's a really major talent problem. There's not a volume problem. There's actually, there's lots and lots of people in the industry. But, no matter what I said before, we're all, all of us are uneducated. I am uneducated, right? We all are, and we're forced to learn on the job. So how do you fix this, right? So going back, so, so going to the solution, and we, we, we're actually uh, venture-backed. We took a small uh, convertible loan note. Um, we've only been going like since about October 2019. But I remember um, our VC said something to me that I've never forgotten. I think it's just beautiful, which is the root solution to all problems in the world is education. And I was like, when, and when she said that to me, I was like, wow, that's a really big statement. But I, I love it. Like, I really love it. Like, I've thought about it for weeks and weeks, and I still talk about it even now. I even, like, did some Google searching, thinking, like, is this... But actually, it's kind of... It kind of makes sense. 
And obviously governments all around the world spend trillions combined in, in education. It's critical. It's critical, critical, critical. It was always going to be remote. Um, and I, I know from being in a very high pressure environment in sales, this model of like a day of teaching is just ridiculous. A, human beings don't learn very well in, in, in like a full day of learning um, or even a half day. But more importantly than that, within a sales environment, that's taking reps off the front line for a long time. And that's just not really workable. So we started, we started building like learning tracks and courses and learning pathways, but we only teach, well, we kicked off the business teaching three hours per week, but from feedback has been two hours is actually more optimum. Not actually because we're taking time off the front line, but because the classes are so practical and people yeah. are learning stuff they've never learned before, people needed time to process, think about how they're going to like implement better discovery calls, better this, better, better, whatever it might be into their working week. But, but by doing this kind of like two one hour classes in a week, it also enabled what's called experiential learning. And what experiential learning means, it's basically a posh way of saying, learn something and then apply it immediately. And that is how you, is one of the most effective ways of embedding knowledge is to learn something and then immediately like apply that knowledge. And that embeds in that good behavior. It beds in that best practice. And the vision is one day we will teach class sizes because we, we, we teach live classes. That's the other big important thing that we do. Um, you know, two weeks ago, we had our first thousand person class. We had a thousand people. Now you imagine, Ray, what a thousand person classroom would look like. It would be insane. You're like, wow, yeah, this yeah. is like a concert hall. But yeah, we did yeah. it. We had a thousand people and we taught them. It was a fantastic class. Sam Nelson, who's the head of SDR at Outreach. I think I may have actually took part of that session. He, yeah. yeah. I think I was, it was Monday, not this week, but the week before. Right? Yeah, 1,000 yeah, yeah. people. That's good. And it, didn't, and it didn't feel like 1,000 people, right? It felt quite busy. No, no, and that's what I like about it. You know, I think, I think what's, uh, and, and I think with Sam Nelson is important. You know, you also have people who are quite, either disruptive or extremely knowledgeable that are doing it. Okay. And I think that's, I'd like you to speak a little bit about that because mm. yeah, I think this is key. You know, in education, you also need to have someone that the pedagogy, in a way, I don't, I don't know if that uh, if that makes sense in a in a it's kind of a French word, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. pedagogy in enable someone who's been there, someone who's done it, someone who's got real experience. I mean, you've got people that have wrote some of the best book I've read actually coming to teach yeah. your classroom, and I, and I find that quite amazing. We're taking the very, very, very best thought leaders, thinkers, experienced people, people on the front line still, and taking their brilliance and turning it into like courses and in very interactive, high learning design principle courses. And it's, and it's having this massive effect. And we have completion rates of like 80% plus of our courses because wow. you're learning directly from these very, very, very special people. And we have people like Mark Roberge. Uh, we have, yeah, Sam, Sam, Sam Nelson. We've got a guy called Pete Crosby who's designing a, a CRO course with Mandy Cole. Mandy Cole took Living Social from zero to 750 million uh, in revenue. Sequoia placed her at Living Social. We have Elisa Fink. She, was, she went in at Tableau at $5 million and helped them get from $5 million as a CMO to a billion dollars in revenue. And you can get, you can learn from her. <laughs> yeah, no, um, that's, that's what directly. These are the people that you technically wish to when you reach to a certain level you're like if i could just understand what those people have done 
because that's and and then and, and then you you give you give us the opportunity to do it. Yeah. And I always said, I mean, in fact, we've been I've said it many times on, on podcasts when I'm speaking to CROs or people who are trying to scale businesses. It's like mm. we need an academy. I don't know you call it, but maybe you call it the Sales Impact Academy. But we need a school or an academy or something yeah. that a body of some sort that really educates people on how to sell, but not, as you said, not a PowerPoint presentation, not a tick the box LMS platform because, ah, oh, yeah, I'm doing it once and I'm excited about mm-hmm. the first thing I'm doing because I'm a new employee. Six months later, you don't, you know, you're probably brewing a coffee while the training is going in the background, you tick the box at the end and that's it, that's done, sorted. And I think that's, that, that's what's really important. And do you have any stats about the difference between live classroom and, and, and an LMS platform, for example? Because obviously, I guess that's, that's the big, that's another way to get people up to speed. But do you see your medium to be more impactful, more engaging? What's the... Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, so again, in, in like fancy language within learning, it's called, you know, synchronous or asynchronous learning. And, um, and synchronous just means live. So, um, We've always live. We do record everything, so you can catch up if you if you miss the class. But I, you know, I've heard anecdotal evidence of people that have signed up to like LinkedIn Learning, um, and no one uses it. And actually, if you just think about your own experience, what what I think on demand only learning is one of the big problems with it is it puts too much onus on the learner to be disciplined enough to actually go through it themselves, right? And and I can promise you, twelve hours of learning in an on-demand environment feels really overwhelming. 12 yeah. hours of live learning with some of the best names in the world. So that sounds like fun. Um, and we see like, and it's scheduled, right? So it's in your calendar. So you're like, oh, great. So it's four o'clock. Um, it's, it's, it's my class with Mark Roberge. I've been looking forward to this all day. Bang, you're on. There's one of your heroes in the industry teaching you and you can ask questions. And you know, there's, there's polls, and there's quizzes, and it's an interactive environment. <clears throat> So the schedule piece is really, really important. Um, the experience is just more important. I mean, just even if you just think about, you know, would you rather watch a live concert on TV or would you like, would you rather watch it pre-recorded like recorded, uh, like a week later? I mean, there's a live has got quite a special um, buzz I've around that, it. I've got that with football. <clears throat> I hate watching a game, you know, because you've always get a text. If it's your team, someone will take the, the <laughs> It's just the, the buzz is gone. You know, you might want to watch it afterwards, but the buzz is gone. But, but there's something much, much more like fundamentally important with, with live in our industry when we're trying to teach, teach lots of people at the same time. And that is a lot of our customers have like multiple teams in different countries, right? Let's say UK and US. <clears throat> and, and particularly when we're in this kind of like lockdown world is that live means you all learn at the same time. And what tends to happen is teams will basically schedule a break after class that we've taught, will bring the whole team back together, and they'll talk about what Sam Nelson's just been talking about with how to build a great sequence or how to do like the best modern like sales call and structure the opening. And they'll talk about it as a team, and they're learning together as a team. And then it embeds, the knowledge gets embedded as a team. And people start like bouncing off each other. We have this thing in, in, in our, we have a course called Managing the Complete Sales Cycle. Absolutely brilliant for AEs. And there's one acronym in that course, which everybody loves, and it's called BAMFAN. And it's called, and it means book a meeting from a meeting, right? Because so many reps 
you know, don't book the next meeting in. The phone goes down even after a very great discovery call and they can't get them back on. And they, they can't get them back. And all the rep needs have a next step. Always put it in. So many reps just miss it. But BAMFAM, honestly, when people go through our courses, BAMFAM becomes like the... I, I get literally emails and, and like messages on LinkedIn from people saying, dude, BAMFAM's gone nuts in my company. It's great. Everybody's talking BAMFAM. I had one two days ago. It's changed our velocity of our deals. It's increasing our win rate. I'm like, well, I'm not surprised because you're not letting your, your, your prospects just disappear <laughs> and you can't get them back on the call. So, but that, that's what happens with this learning at the same pace is, is you all pick up this great, um, you know, fairly foundational, but this great um, bit of be- be- best practice as a team. And then you like, you get better as a team and, and that you can do with live. You can't do that with on-demand. You definitely can't do that with a book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so do you think the, the, the initiative of, of investing in, uh, in sales develop, in, in personal sales training, personal sales development, is something that should be led by the company, so by, by the body that kind of employ you or the employer, or, or do you think it should be done by the individual? Well, we're actually opening up single user pricing in a couple of months' time so people can actually access this on an individual basis. You know, people, I think people will expense it back to the company or some people might just pay for it out, 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 out of their pocket. Look, I mean, I, uh, this is a little bit of a self-serving question, but I mean, everyone's got to accept that this is a major problem. And, and we need to educate these people. And, and it, it blows my mind when companies kind of say, yeah, we haven't really got time. We haven't really got time to do this. I'm like, yeah. you're just, that is That's That's a bit of highly effective people. You have to sharpen the saw. Go and sharpen that saw. Stop going crazy at that tree. You're burning all your energy. <laughs> you sharpen the saw. You increase the productivity. Take one hour aside. Do sharpen. You come back. You're going to increase your productivity by two times. It's life easy. It's, uh, that makes me crazy as well. Yeah. You know, even sometimes I speak to clients and stuff and someone told me, I can't remember who it was. He was one of the presidents of the United States, maybe Barack Obama or, or, or George W. Bush or whatever. Someone who was like president of the United States still reading 98 book a year. Wow. 98 wow. book a year, right? I probably do. I probably will read 98 book in my lifetime. But- <laughs> You know, you've got that, 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 that appetite for learning, for knowing is really what develops people. Well, you know, it, it, it's that whole like, yeah, l- l- learning mindset. And going back to something you said a bit earlier on, you, 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 you're going to have a pretty closed mind if you think you know everything. If you think you can sit through a class with Sam Nelson, who's achieved what he's done, who's at the cutting edge of what he's doing right now. Like, for example, a class that I joined of his, Um, just to obviously experience what it's like to be a thousand-person class. You know, he was talking about, look, lowercase, lowercase um, subject lines based on data, lowercase subject lines in prospecting emails work better um, than putting capitals in. I don't know why, but it just does. Now, like, like, really, is that that, that knowledge that everyone knows? I don't don't think so. And I I hear people say this, and I, I I I really like it, I back it. It's like, If I, if I go through an hour-long interactive class and I pick up one thing that can make a difference. But that's, that's exactly what, I think the real story, mastering the genius is, is to actually pick up ideas from other people. 
Yeah. If you really want to be effective, you just got to learn from others. You know, this is very simple. You can yeah. do all on your own, but you know, it's, and, and that's a question maybe that are, that's interesting and, and a little bit disruptive here. You know, salespeople have the cliche, I'm a sales guy, I know it all, I sell stuff, let me do it, move away, I can speak to people, I can charm them, you know, I don't need your training. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. Do, do you think that it's a cliche that is true? Do you come across that? Do you see? If, if a prospect was to tell you, my sales guys are all like that, they think they know it all. What's what's the what's the next step there? Because I yeah. guess that's the cliche, and that's probably what people think. And they say, well, we, we don't really have the time, or we don't really see the value because our guys are a little bit too arrogant for your stuff. Do, do you know what the, the the happy thing is? We don't we don't encounter that that often, um, which well, is I'm good glad because yeah. that would be terrible. But yeah, but 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 I think as as well. I mean, we we actually stay away from the word sales training. It just conjures up so many bad connotations. And if you think about like modern sales, it's not just, okay, how do you, how do you best manage a sales cycle from, you know, qualified opportunity to close one? It's really complex. What, okay, if, if someone said, I think I know it all, I'd say, okay, well, tell me exactly how you use LinkedIn for like really effective selling and prospecting. Are you a master of leveraging the most powerful business network in the world? Are you? Probably not, right? Okay, you are, great. <clears throat> So tell me next, video. Do you know everything there is to know about you effectively using video in sales and prospecting? Surely you don't. So like, there are lots of like specialists, like, uh, you know, using the, the direct mail channel. It's quite new. Like these things are new. And, and this goes right back to the problem of who can solve this problem. Traditional education can't because what's happening is the pace of change is so fast that people can barely kind of keep up. So if you, if you literally say in such a fast-paced industry that you know it all, you're, not gonna, you're basically not going to progress very far in your career. I think the other thing to say is that you know, a lot of what we're teaching as well is like, okay, now you're a great AE. You've got all these great skills. You've got this great core competence. Now you want to move to team lead. You don't know anything about management, my friend, because you've never done it before. So now you need to start understanding some principles around coaching. You need to start understanding some principles about management and the difference maybe between leadership and management and start like that, that, that journey. Because if you want to start moving into like team lead and then managing a team as a, as a manager, into VP sales, into CRO, there is a lot to learn, my friend. Uh, and we help people on that, on that journey too. And, and look, and I'll tell you another a little bit of our secret sauce, the people that teach. And, I, and, I, and I, we, have, we have someone that's been working with us for pretty much almost from the beginning. Um, he was the ex-vice chancellor of Cape Town University. And he's a really, like a real online learning guru. So he's been helping us a lot with our learning design, with our pedagogy. Um, and he said to me, you know, when he was running, you know, Cape Town University, he's like the most effective professors, right? Not the ones with the greatest knowledge. They were the ones that had a performance. They were the ones that commanded a room. The ones that literally, like he, he used the word performance, right? And so that's, that's actually a really critical part of this as well, is that actually there's, there's energy, there's, there, there's, there's, there's performance. It's, it's, there's, there's an entertainment twist, very subtle. There's an entertainment twist as well. So 
it's really, really that 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 piece is a really part an important part of the the overall, you know, the live, the scheduled, the big big name, you know, the the on screen presence and the and the and the inter and the interaction and the learning design, um, right. all combine to create. You know, we like I say, we see so such high completion rates. It's um, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Well, that's brilliant. Unfortunately, we're getting to the end of it, Paul. Um, so. What I would like you to do, I would like you to, to, to share more details as to how people can onboard their team. So if you are a sales director, if you are a CEO, if you are a CRO, even if you are a CMO or whoever you want to build up an SDR team or you want to scale your sales team, I would really, truly encourage you to go and, and, and check the Sales Impact Academy. Um, but Paul, how do we find you? How, how do we get in touch with you? How do people can carry on that conversation? Sure. Get that sales guy to learn, develop, sell more, be more efficient. Sales, sales leadership, marketing leadership, marketing reps. So we cover the entire thing. RevOps. Um, yeah, so um, uh, simple thing to do is just go to our site. Um, so that's salesimpact.io. Um, and you can then get in touch with us um, uh, there. You can always contact me on LinkedIn. Um, just find me, Paul Fifield. Um, we're pretty noisy on <laughs> on LinkedIn. You can't miss us. Um, and yeah, look, we'd love to help. I think every every B two B company needs needs to have this. It's a subscription model. Um, it's it's accessible and affordable to any any company. Um, it's kind of it's based on it's based on seats. Um, we we teach at four pm, uh, which also works in America. It's eight o'clock in the morning on the West Coast, 10, uh, 11 o'clock on the on the East Coast. Um, we are. We have 30, 40 employees now, about 35 employees now. We have 22 courses. We're going to be adding 20 every quarter. We're adding to the teaching roster every every almost weekly now. Um, you know, we're we're scaling. We work with well over 100 companies. We have 4,000 learners on the platform. We expect that to be 25,000 plus by the end of the year. So it's 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 really happening. It's it's very exciting, and to think that we're having. The impact that we're having and the case studies are fantastic and the, the sentiment we have with the learners is just is just amazing it's kind of overwhelming in, in in many ways um but it's just yeah i have to say Ray, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly having the time of my life yeah um helping people at scale is just and just a great feeling basically yeah absolutely that's legacy just right there uh well look you know you, as you know we, we we are promoting from within we're big on that at operatic so I'll make sure that all the newly promoted good sales guys that are now managing teams get onto your platform and learn a thing or two. So uh, hopefully it'll be a case to this in the next uh, in the next two to three months. And, Amazing. Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, I think I think what you guys have built is 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 really incredible. Um, I think the idea is great, and and I would like to thank you for the time today because I was really looking forward to that conversation with you. So thank you. Yeah. So much. Thank you very much for inviting me on. Ray. I really appreciate it. Operatics has redefined the meaning of revenue generation for technology companies worldwide. While the traditional concepts of building and managing inside sales teams in-house has existed for many years, companies are struggling with a lack of focus, agility, and scale required in today's fast and complex world of enterprise technology sales. See how Operatics can help your company accelerate pipeline at operatics.net. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.